Just when you think you've come to know the gambling mecca of Las Vegas, that neon jungle where the bazaar is normal and the outrageous seems almost average, along comes an historian who says that people are missing something really important here. Now I'll tell you, out of town is see prostitution's legal on the strip. It ain't, only in the bordellos. And I'll give you a tip, they don't look like they do in the movies. Like Elizabeth Shue and Julia Roberts, far cry. And now with this mob wife fashion trend, it's tough to tell since so many women are dressing like hookers. But hey, who am I to tell you what to do in town? By the way, charge for first proposition is just a misdemeanor. So hey, roll them dice. Oh, and one last thing. Sometimes they take you to their hotel room and you get beat up by a couple of big guys and they steal your money and jewelry. Have fun. Do you know what today is? That's uh, on a need-to-know basis. Well, I need to know. You ask every day. Today is Tuesday. Today is Tuesday, then. Did you mark it in the calendar? You have a calendar? Where's this calendar? It's on my desk. Tuesday. Tuesdays are better. Better than what? Monday. Well, I guess you got me there. Let's get this show on the road. It's showtime. In this present crisis, government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. This is Charlotte County Speaks, your chance to let your voice be heard on local, state, and national issues. And now, broadcasting live from a dumpy little warehouse behind a Taco Bell, the host of Charlotte County Speaks, Ken Lovejoy. The Constitutional Republic, not a democracy. The ideal of a democracy is universal equality. The ideal of a constitutional republic is individual liberty. A democracy always degenerates into dictatorship, which promises government-guaranteed equality and security, mm-hmm. but it delivers nothing but poverty and serfdom for the people it robs and rules. That's true. That's true. News Radio 1580, 100, and eventually, uh, again, 100.9 FM, WCCF. This is Charlotte County Speaks. Ken Lovejoy with you on a Tuesday at 10.09 is the time. Our phone lines are open at 941-206-1580, toll-free, 888-441-1580. You can email us, the address, ccspeaks at live.com. And if you miss a show, find them all at spreaker.com under WCCF. I was wrong. It was, I said 19, it's 20, 20 Republican senators are against, oppose this crap bill brought to us by Mitch McConnell and sweaty Jimmy Langford. And Mitch has now thrown Langford under the bus. Where am I? Where am I? What? So he's... Uh, yeah, he's deflecting at this point. But you've got uh, 29 other Republican senators who have not given a verbal or are supporting. They've not publicly disavowed this crap backstabbing legislation from Mitch and James Lankford on the Republican side, of course, Sinema and some other douche on the Democrat side. But, of course, Lisa Murkowski, Dan Sullivan, John Boozman, Mike Crapo from Idaho. <laughs> How apropos. Uh, Grassley, Jody Ernst, 
John Kennedy, Susan Collins, of course, Pete Ricketts, <laughs> uh, and uh, Tim Scott. Tim Scott, we're, we're supposed to, we're, we're, oh, he's VP material. He's VP material. No, not unless little Timmy gets off his dead ass and opposes this bill. He's not VP material. He should have already been out against it, knowing what's in it. John Thune. John Thune reportedly, by all accounts, Mitch McConnell's replacement, he seems to be for it. Cornyn, of course. Mittens Romney. Mitt, this douche, yes, yesterday or day before, is out there trying to trying to blame Trump for all the problems at the border. Oh, Mittens. Mittens, mittens. And then a bunch of, a lot of these senators, it, it, unless you live in the state, you don't know them. But at least uh, uh, our senators uh, got the message, uh, Rick Scott and uh, the comb over, Marco Rubio. Thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate that. Of course, uh, Rand Paul is against it. Uh, Ted Cruz, Tom Cotton, Tommy Tuberville, Ted Budd, Deb Fisher, Bill Haggerty. Eric Schmidt, J.D. Vance. J.D., he's doing pretty good there, huh? Josh Hawley, Katie Boyd, Marsha Blackburn. So uh, hopefully this list of 20 grows larger because I just I can't see how you can call yourself a Republican and be in favor of this bill. And, well, yeah, I, I guess I can because the Republicans, those 29 Republicans, they could give a crap about the border. They're all in on this bill for the money for Ukraine. $60.6 billion to support the freakish little midget in all of drab. <laughs> I can't wait to see Tucker's interview with Putin. That's going to be classic. <laughs> oh, the, yeah, there was an article. Uh, Russians, they love, they love the Tucker. They love the Tuckers there. So we'll see how that turns out. $14.1 billion for Israel. $2.4 billion to support operations in the U.S. Central Command and address combat expenditures related to conflict in the Red Sea. See, nothing to do with immigration. Zero. What is there in there on immigration makes things worse. $4.83 billion to support key regional partners in the Indo-Pacific and deter aggression by the Chinese government. Only $4.83 billion. $60 billion for the munchkin and olive drab. $2.33 billion to continue support. Oh, in addition to the $60.6 billion for Ukraine, $2.33 billion to continue support for Ukrainians displaced by Putin's war of aggression that we started, that we provoked. And other refugees fleeing persecution. Uh, the bipartisan, 
border policy changes negotiated by Senators Chris Murphy and Kristen Sinema, along with uh, uh, Jimmy Lankford. $20.23 billion to address existing operational needs and expand capabilities at our nation's borders, resource the new border policies included in the package, and help stop the flow of fentanyl and other narcotics. $20.23 billion. That's where the 60... Actually, you should take that $60.6 billion, add it to that $20.23 billion, and uh, put that all on the border... And close the some bitch down. Four hundred million for the nonprofit security grant program to help nonprofits in places of worship make security enhancements. <sighs> yeah, no vote. Yeah, no. Dare you fill my head with such loathsome propaganda? More propaganda coming up with Ken Lovejoy and Charlotte County Speaks on News Radio 1580 WCCF. Yeah, uh, Biden promised a response uh, in the Middle East. Uh, what he did is he, he put on a fireworks show, in essence, a multi, 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 multi million dollar fireworks show. Yeah, at first, we're going to telegraph. We're going to let everybody know we've, we've found some targets. Then we're going to tell the mullahs, hey, you know, we're going to start bombing some of these areas here. You might want to get your people out. Then we're going to, you know, again, put on a nice big multi-million dollar fireworks show. Um, can we explain the, the point behind this at all? At all. And again, I guess the fireworks show wasn't that effective because the next day the Houthis came out and said, basically, bring it. We're going to we're going to keep targeting your people. We're going to keep targeting your ships. Nothing has changed. But what happened to that strong military of ours? Watchdog on Wall Street dot com. It went woke. Radio 1580, 100.9 FM, WCCF. Little Alice Cooper right there. No more Mr. Nice Guy in Charlotte County Speaks at 1023. Heck of a golfer. He's a good, yeah, pretty good golfer. So I've seen him in some of the uh, pro-ams that they have at the, uh, on the TV. Uh, on the, on the, on the TV. You know, the, the pebble beaches and the, uh, you know, the. Anyway, 
206-1580, toll-free, 888-441-1580. Hey, um, the Elon Omar, uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, kind of corrupt. She's and, such an idiot! Yeah, Lois, she is, completely. And, you know, uh, uh, Jim Hoff over at the Gateway Pundit do a, did a little flashback uh, article the other day in, in case you forgot, because apparently uh, everybody did. Uh, I haven't heard, you know, I've heard them call for her ouster now based on her speech, but uh, if they do maybe a little bit deeper research, there's a lot more evidence to get rid of her, to expel her from Congress and deport her dumbass back to Somalia. Back 2019, uh, Dave Steinberg published an extensive report on the alleged crimes and history of Ilan Omar and the Omar family. In his report, David found that the Omar family changed their name in order to enter the United States. In 1995, Elon entered the United States as a fraudulent member of the Omar family. That's not her family name. The Omar family is a second unrelated family which was being granted asylum by the United States. The Omars allowed Elon her genetic sister, Sarah, and her genetic father, Nur Saeed, to use false names to apply for asylum as members of the Omar family. Elon's genetic family split up at this time. Sarah, Elon, and her father, Nur Saeed, uh, got asylum in the United States, while Elon's three other siblings, using their real name, managed to get asylum in the United Kingdom. Ilan Abdulali Omar's name before applying for asylum was Ilan Nur Saeed Elmi. And her father's name before applying for asylum was Nur Saeed Elmi Mohammed. Her sister Sarah Noor's name before applying for asylum was Sarah Nur Saeed Elmi. Her three siblings who were granted asylum uh, by the United Kingdom uh, uh, are Leah Nur Saeed Elmi, Mohammed Nur Saeed Elmi, and Ahmad Nur Saeed Elmi. And Omar's father, Nur Omar Muhammad, also known as Nur Said Elmi Muhammad, is connected to the former dictator in Somalia, Saeed Barry. Nur and other uh, former Barry accomplices are living here in the U.S. illegally. Omar's father, Mohammed, is living in the U.S. He and other Somalians, like Yusuf Abdi Ali, who killed thousands for the dictator Barry, escaped to the West and weren't vetted properly before entering the country. Barry was a dictator and was connected to the Cuban dictator Fidel Castro as well as other dictators around the globe. Ali is a convicted war criminal who did the killing himself. Ali has been located in the U.S. working as security at Dulles International Airport, driving for Uber in 2019, reportedly lived at one time in Alexandria, Virginia. Ali was a colonel in the Somalian Army's 5th Mechanized Brigade in 1987 and was a graduate of the Pentagon's program for foreign officers in 1986. He's also a war criminal in response to his actions in Somalia. 
Nur, Representative Omar's father, appears to have been a party propagandist under the dictator and was responsible for the ideological aspects of the Red-Green Revolution. He worked for the Marxist-Stalinist regime under dictator Berry as a teacher of teachers. And this could have included providing the ideological political justification for the massacres of the late 80s. And it's not a secret that Elon Omar's father illegally entered the United States. A lot of people know this. The Nur family was well-connected in the country, led by the Marxist regime. Young Omar went to kindergarten at age four. Their family lived in a secure compound in Mogadishu. When the regime was overtaken, the family caught a plane to escape the country. The average GDP per capita in Somalia was only $187 in 2010, 20 years after they fled the country when the regime fell. Obviously, Nur's family was a privileged family. Ilan's family was a privileged family. And according to a 2016 article on Omar, when the Marxist regime was being overtaken, the secure compound that the family lived in was under attack by 20 armed men. Somehow the family escaped. It's not clear how. Either the family had superior armed guards within their compound, or they bribed the attackers and sent them on their way, or the story is a complete fabrication. But both Ali and Nur escaped Somalia after the fall of Barry. And because they were no longer safe there in Somalia and would have been put on trial and shot if caught, they exited the country. Both end up in the U.S. Both hid the fact that they worked for a totalitarian regime. Both lied on their Form N-400 application for naturalization about their communist background. They had to or they wouldn't be here. So... The Immigration and Natural Nationality Act, INA, contains a prohibition on naturalization for anyone involved within the last 10 years with a group that advocates or teaches opposition to well-organized government or involved with the Communist Party or any other totalitarian party of the U.S. or any foreign state who advocates world communism or totalitarian dictatorship without formal group membership. Both Nur and Yusuf would be disqualified from permanent U.S. residency and a revocation of their U.S. citizenship should take place. Meaning Representative Omar reportedly also lied after she married her brother in order to assist him in obtaining U.S. citizenship. This would obviously, all of this would disqualify Omar and her brother from legal citizenship. Do you think anything's, and this is kind of known, this article was around in 2019. Nobody gives a crap anymore in our government. Nobody cares. We're being lied to on a daily basis. And uh, nobody on our side of the aisle does anything but talk about maybe possibly in the future doing something. 206-1580, 206-1580, toll-free, 888-441-1580. I don't know. Just seems weird. Steve McCann, well, you, you got to wonder, what, what the hell's going on with the Republicans? Look at the Republican Senate and this bill they want to try and shove down our throats. It's disgusting. And look at the RNC. Hemorrhaging money, but not getting a lot back in donations. 
And Steve McCann thinks uh, uh, that uh, the Republican Party is just not prepared for the 2024 election. He says the party hierarchy appears unconcerned, as exemplified by their near total lack of urgency regarding the need to offset voting manipulation by the Democrats and a lack of understanding of 2024 political demographics. Is the Republican Party hierarchy serious about winning the White House in both houses of Congress this year? Doesn't appear that they are. In 2024, there will be approximately 237 million eligible voters, or 72% of the overall population, who are U.S. citizens and do meet state residency requirements and turn 18 before Election Day. And of that number, it's estimated that 170 million will be registered to vote. And the average turnout among eligible voters in the 25 presidential elections from 1920 to 2016 is 58.8%. That's some piss-poor numbers, particularly for the last three or four elections. You would think people would be more concerned about their freedom. They just don't care. 58%. In the 2016 election, 137 million, or 59% of eligible voters voted. By comparison, in 2020, 156 million, or 67% of eligible voters supposedly cast ballots. This was the highest percentage since the presidential election of 1900, when the overall population was one-fifth of the current level and less than 30% of the population were eligible voters, as women could not vote. Which turnout will it be in 2024? If the 2016 turnout is repeated, approximately 146 million votes will be cast. If the 2020 results are recorded again, approximately 158 million votes will be cast Uh, a difference of 12 million votes which will determine the outcome of the election and the rnc beyond issuing the usual fatuous press releases and reports about what they're going to do has done nothing of substance on the ground to offset the democrats determination to repeat their success of 2020 there's successful vote manipulation vote fraud campaign In an effort to do what they can, individuals like Scott Pressler, and give it up for him. Great. Guy's been doing more work on the ground than anybody at the RNC combined. Scott Pressler and his pack have been on the ground in various battleground states, not only registering voters, but instructing and recruiting volunteers to promote early voting, mail-in voting, and uh, to ballot harvest where legal. However, instead of supporting and coordinating with Pressler and various other get-out-the-vote organizations such as Turning Point USA, the RNC has deliberately ignored them and criticized their emphasis on direct contact with potential voters in their efforts to get out the vote. Jeez. I mean, how do you do that? Well, and what's the RNC doing? Uh, they've begun a Bank Your Vote initiative, which they touted as an all-out effort to offset the party's mail-in ballot deficit. 
However, this insane initiative simply calls for voters to visit bankyourvote.com to confirm that they have mailed their ballot. It does nothing to recruit volunteers, work with independent groups, or encourage low-frequency voters to vote. Meanwhile, the demo craps are spending massive amounts of money, time, and organization on ballot chasing in order to repeat their successful ballot harvesting and machine manipulation of 2020. In fact, the DNC has a website and pack with overwhelming monetary resources to finance and train any left-wing crap organization that wants to participate in the effort. And because of this lack of commitment, the rank-and-file Republican voter is neither enthusiastic nor financially contributing to the party. Yup. Additionally, there's been an absurd and foolish level of spending on non-get-out-the-vote efforts, as pointed out by Jennifer Van Lahr at Red State. The RNC's broke. We told you what they've been pissing their money away on. Partying. Who knows? Rona's lip injections. And she's making a boatload of money. What'd she make? Almost a, almost a, a 500000 Donald Trump as its three-time presidential nominee, is the de facto leader of the Republican Party, and despite being forced to wallow in numerous legal quagmires, he must request Rona McDaniel, Rona McRomney's resignation and immediately initiate a house cleaning at the RNC. They're not going to let him do it. The RNC is part and parcel of the DNC's effort to get rid of the, the RNC doesn't want Trump around any more than the DNC does. The RNC is just a bunch of anti-American corporate fascist scum as the DNC is communist scum. Trump understands that rampant Democrat voting manipulation will not be defeated in the gilded offices of Washington, D.C., but in the precincts throughout all the battleground states. He's got to get involved and act quickly as the hour is growing exceedingly late. And per a recent Gallup poll, the current breakdown of party identification is 27% Democrat, 27% Republican, and 43% Independent. As more Americans are increasingly, we're, we're sick of the uniparty. We don't have a two-party system. We have a uniparty system. And if we do need a two-party system, it doesn't have to be the Democrats and the Republicans. It can be other parties. We just got to get them bigger. Actually, I think that MAGA is bigger than the rest of the Republican Party and should probably just, uh, uh, <laughs> just occupy it. But when independents are asked whether they lean Republican or Democrat, the results, 45% of all polled respondents identified as lean toward being a Republican, 43% identified as lean toward or being Democrats. Analyzing exit polls, which eliminate the impact of voting manipulation, in 2016, Clinton and Trump each won 88% of the vote of their respective parties. The deciding factor, Trump won independents, by a 46 to 42 percent margin. 2020, Biden and Trump each won 94 percent of the vote of their respective parties. The deciding factor, Biden won independence 54 to 41, along with the vote fraud. Polls nine months out from the election are essentially meaningless, but they do underscore the potential impact of the independent vote. And for example, Quinnipiac published 
on February 1st, a poll that revealed that the independents polled were backing Biden by a margin of 52-40%. No self-preservation instincts in those people at all. Biden beats Trump 50-44 in the overall poll. However, in an NBC News poll published uh, yet uh, February 4th, Trump leads Biden 48-29 among independents that they polled, and Trump beats Biden 47-42 in the overall poll. Bottom line, independent voters, a majority of whom dislike both Biden and Trump, are a volatile but exceedingly important segment of the electorate. You might not like Trump, but if you, if you think that, how is Biden possibly any better? Look at the world, not just America. Look at the world that Biden and his dumbass regime has left us. And you think he's worth another vote more than Trump? You're insane. You are insane. But I don't know. What's the strategy of the Trump campaign to deal with uh, any potential conviction or the very real possibility of Biden dropping out of the race or not making it to the race? That's still a huge rumor all over the place. You've got, is Big Mike going to come in and take over? Is it going to be Greasy Gavin? Is it going to be, ooh, Kamala? Well, who knows? Only the shadow knows. And we'll find out soon enough. But a portrait of the American electorate reveals that 73% are either conservative or moderate, while just 25% claim to be liberal or very liberal. 71% of Americans believe the country is on the wrong track. 92% of Republicans and 75% of independents deem themselves to be conservative or moderate on social issues. Thus, the vast majority of the current American electorate is not in the thrall of the Marxist-controlled Democrat Party and can be swayed to vote for Republicans in 2024. And whether that outcome can be achieved lies primarily in the hands of Donald J. Trump and the Republican National Committee and secondarily in the hands of the individual candidates for federal offices and state offices, the down-ballot races. They must convincingly spell out why voters should financially support the party which I still don't think I I still don't think you should financially support the candidates individually yes but I'm sorry the Republican party does not deserve your money not yet too many of these PACs and the RNC these house committees these senate committees that keep sending you emails wanting donations don't give it to them give directly to the candidates cuz most too much of the time we see that the uh, they spend this money in, one, ways that don't benefit uh, 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 we voters, and they also will take that money and use it against us. So, in my opinion, the RNC and the Republican Party as a whole, the, all their committees and PACs need a little bit of a house cleaning. Need a little come to Jesus meeting before I start supporting them again. And uh, also, you gotta, you gotta uh, uh, 
You got to get out there and help. You got to turn out in massive, massive numbers in November. I mean, to 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 see the number of Repub- registered Republicans here in Charlotte County that stay home all the time and don't vote, it's uh, it's pretty sad. Just saying. No doubt about it. You have become a great showman. Ken Lovejoy's coming right back with more Charlotte County Speaks on News Radio 1580 WCCF. I've been on the David Letterman show twice. Anyone see me? Like four million people watching that show, and I don't know where the hell they are. <laughs> but that's my favorite introduction I've ever had. You might have seen this next comedian on the David Letterman show. But I believe. More people have seen me at the store. <laughs> and that would be a better introduction. You might have seen this next comedian at the store. And people would say, hell yes, I have. <laughs> I opened up a yogurt, and underneath the lid, it said, please try again. They were having a contest I was unaware of. But I thought I might have opened the yogurt wrong. Or maybe your play was trying to inspire me. Come on, Mitch, don't give up. Please try again. A message of inspiration from your friends at your play. Fruit on the bottom, hope on top. News Radio 1580, 100.9 FM, WCCF 1050 here at Charlotte County Speaks. Phone lines open at 941-206-1580. Toll free, 888-441-1580. Little faces right there with Around the Plinth. Okay, Uh, what do we got here? Oh, food, food. Everybody likes food, right? Super Bowl coming up. Probably several food-related stories coming out this week. This one right here, uh, one of two, Burger King. Burger King will give you a million dollars if you can come up with a Whopper innovation. Burger King has just launched a new contest. They're offering a million-dollar prize to the person who can come up with their next great Whopper innovation. They say Whoppers currently offer more than 200,000 possible customized combinations, but if you ever wanted something different than what they can do, they want to hear your pitch. To participate, you need one of their free, of, of, of course, you have to have the app and be a member of their free Royal Perks account. And you could submit your suggestion through the app or at bk.com slash mdw. And 
They didn't list many rules, although your submission can only have eight toppings max. You can't change. I was going to say, it says you can't change the bun. That's what needs to be changed. The bun sucks on a Whopper. I'm sorry. It sucks. I like a Whopper. I used to. But every time I get a Whopper, the bun is dry and, and it's not it's not even toasted. It's just dry. So there's my innovation re- recommendation. Y'all need a new bun. Your bun sucks on the Whopper. Just saying, just throwing that out there. You you want a bun? You want a bun? You want a decent bun on a burger? You, I'm telling you, the DQ uh, stack burgers. Just saying, it's a better bun. It is. You'll thank me later. Try it. <laughs> 206, 1580. Also, Super Bowl coming up. Food. Huh? Possibly doing chili. Most people are looking to cook uh, 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 a lot of food on Super Bowl, and some are cooking for good luck on Super Bowl game day. Uh, For the big game. Maybe you're a fan of the Niners or the Chiefs. I am neither. But I do hope that the Chiefs just get crushed. Crushed. Uh, maybe you can save money on the game, or maybe you're just hoping for the whole thing to be over quickly without anybody making a big mess at your house. New poll out there, 44% of people apparently have game day superstitions involving food. And it's serious enough that 85% of those people either must have certain foods or refuse to have others on game day. So which foods are good luck and which foods are bad luck? Most people said pizza is their go-to Super Bowl food for good luck. Easy. It's a phone call away. Uh, Hot dogs are second, followed by burgers, chips, popcorn, chicken wings, ice cream, chicken sliders. Hmm. Cupcakes, ooh, and cookies. Uh, can you imagine a grown-ass Chiefs fan throwing a tantrum because they're out of sprinkles for their lucky game day cupcakes? <laughs> anyway, uh, bad luck foods, deviled eggs. Ooh, yeah, always a bad luck food right there, deviled eggs. Uh, garlic bread, second most avoided game day food, followed by salsa and queso dip, ice cream, chicken wings, mozzarella sticks, mini burgers, trail mix, pretzels, and pasties, little meat pies. Who have meat pies? What's that? Not We're talking football, not soccer. Uh, so some people find ice cream and chicken wings to be uh, both good luck and bad luck. Still don't care. And now Do it's time for care. Random, random, random facts. I will eat anything. I there is none. There's no such thing. There isn't. It's no such thing as a good luck or a bad luck. Food. However, deviled eggs. I, I'll give you deviled eggs. Number one of your five random facts: the title character of Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio 
is the first metal 3D printed puppet. It was animated using around 3,000 replacement faces. Okay. Number two, Glow Sticks made their public debut at a Grateful Dead concert in New Haven, Connecticut in 1971. Number three, the 710 split is statistically only the third hardest shot in bowling. The hardest is called the Greek Church, and it's when there are five pins, two on the back left and three on the back right. Ooh, yeah, that is tough. Number four, Michigan is 96,700 square miles, and 41.5% of that is water the most of any state. New Mexico is only 0.24% water, which is the least of any state. And number five of your five random facts for this Tuesday, spandex got its name because it's an anagram of expands. Okay, there's, there's your five random facts. Two oh six fifteen eighty toll free. It, it was, uh, kind of a downer on the fifth one. Two oh six fifteen eighty toll free eight 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 four four one fifteen eighty. There is some good news. Guy in North Carolina sent a letter to a restaurant after he and his wife had uh, lunch and accidentally didn't mean to, but stiffed their server. Didn't leave a tip. Days later, he realized he took the wrong receipt that had the tip on it. So the waitress didn't get the money. The letter explained what happened, and he included a crisp $20 bill for her. The restaurant posted a photo on Facebook, and the people are praising him for going the extra mile. Good job, man. Uh, have you heard of this new trend yet? A scarf bombing? Apparently it's been uh, big in the northern U.S. and Canada this winter. People are knitting scarves and leaving them in random places for anyone to take. Just take a scarf if you need a scarf. Do you need a scarf? Here's a scarf. Take this scarf. I'm going to knit more scarves, so it's okay. You can have this one. It's cold out. Keep your neck warm. They usually have a note attached saying something like, if you're stuck out in the cold, take this gift to keep warm. Good news. An Uber Eats driver in New Jersey got arrested for an outstanding warrant last month. That's not good news. So one of the cops delivered her last order. Well, that was good news. That was nice of him for the people who ordered it. Fun bonus detail. The customer ended up being Gianni Laval, husband of Snooky from Jersey Shore. Everyone had a good laugh. Except for the Uber Eats driver. He's with Bubba in jail now. Bubba's getting a good laugh. Anybody got any more jokes? Anything funny? No? No? All right. See you, folks.